Hello everybody and welcome to Roleplay Chat. I'm Matt and I'm a game master who cannot stop talking about role-playing games. In today's episode of Roleplay Chat, it's a bonus episode of Roleplay Chat where we're going to talk about my time at PAX Unplugged, a convention in Philadelphia. But before I do that, I did have a couple of things to mention to everybody. So first and foremost, I hope everybody had a good Christmas, a good New Year's, Happy New Year's to you. Uh, I hope you spent a lot of time with friends, with family, eating good food, drinking good wine, or, or doing whatever it is that you like doing during the holidays. So happy holidays to you, and I hope that uh, you, know, you know no one lost power or got snowed in or anything like that. Um, I also wanted to let you let you know if, you know, if this is the first time you ever listen to Roleplay Chat, I highly recommend listening to a different episode. Not, not that I don't want you to listen to this one, but this is not, uh, not a traditional episode, if you will. So you normally, under normal circumstances, an episode of Roleplay Chat consists of me, Matt, and a guest talking about our experiences as game masters, as players, in various tabletop RPG systems, and we try to give you advice and recommendations, and we share our insights for what we find works best in our games. Uh, today's episode is not going to be that. Today's episode is going to be, like I said, a discussion, a dis- dissection of my time at PAX. It's just me, <laughs> me and a, and a bunch of pages of bullet points for me to go over for our conversation today. Um, so yeah, it's a little different. It's, it feels a little bit weird, actually, for me to be sitting here watching a blank screen and not having somebody, you know, talking to back and forth with me. I, I suppose I'm still talking with somebody and I'm talking with you, the listener. So, you know, it's very, very intimate today. Just me and you talking right into your, right into your ear holes, <laughs> if, if you will. Um, but anyway, yeah. So welcome to Roleplay Chat. Uh, very quickly, I wanted to let folks know some housekeeping stuff that the new season of the show, the official new season starts, season four, will start February 1st, 2023. So it's coming up soon. You can look forward to that. It's going to be a fantastic new season. I've got all kinds of awesome guests planned, and I can't wait to get back into the usual swing of things for the show. I also wanted to let folks know about some of the new social things that I've been doing for the podcast. So I continue to be on Twitter at role underscore play underscore chat. I'm on Mastodon at role underscore play underscore chat at dice.camp. I also created a, co- a coffee, Kofi. Kofi, not Patreon, but the other one, Kofi, for for Roleplay Chat. So it's Kofi, so C-O, sorry, no, it's ko-fi.com slash role underscore play underscore chat. I haven't really done anything, any kind of incentives yet. I'm thinking about it. Um, If you have ideas for content that you as a listener would, would consider to be interesting enough to warrant giving me a small donation for every episode, please let me know. I've got some ideas bouncing around in my head, things like the raw, unedited uh, episodes, so you can you can listen to them just raw, completely raw. Uh, you could also, I'm also thinking of maybe having like small segments at the end of the show where patrons can submit questions for me and the guest, and we answer them, and and that part of the show is only. You know, you can only listen if you're a, a Kofi supporter of the show or whatever. Um, but yeah, anyway, I have that up there mainly because my microphone is dying. I need a new microphone and I'm hoping to be able to replace it. 
But otherwise, I, I'm i trying to find the best way for me to serve the community and to serve the roleplay chatters. I, I, actually, I'm not sure if I like that name, the chatters. Well, well, maybe we'll come up with a better name for you listeners. But anyway, that's, that's that. Uh, lastly, I wanted to remind folks about the two affiliate links that I have, the two affiliations I have with DriveThruRPG and HeroForge. So if you are buying content or creating miniatures, uh, please consider using the affiliate links in the description of the show or on my um, on my link tree. Clicking those and buying products, that way will give me a small percentage of what you buy at no cost to you. All right, enough of the enough of the blah blah. Let's dive right into our special episode. So, packs unplugged. Let's kick it off. I'll give you guys a, a rundown of what I plan to talk about today. So, kind of as a quick introduction. So, today's episode, like I said, is different. We're going to start by talking about what PAX is. We're going to talk a little bit about my stay in Philadelphia and and how, you know, how expensive I found it and things like that. Talk to you a little bit about safety, health and safety. I know that I know that sounds super exciting. Um, <laughs> then we're going to talk a little bit about the venue itself, so the con center and how that worked out. Uh, then we're going to talk about the meat and potatoes, the attractions, if you will. So the events, the, the things that you can see and do at PAX. There's also some registered events that you can register for. So that'll be we'll talked about separately. Uh, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the you know off the schedule things that I did with some of the fine folks that I met. Uh, some of the friends that I got the chance to meet too for the first time. And, uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about the cool things that I bought. So, yeah, and then maybe we'll wrap it up with a small conclusion. I'm sorry if you can hear uh, the sheets of paper kind of shuffling around. Like I said, this is a little, it's a different episode where I've actually written some things down to make sure that I cover everything and that this episode is as insightful as it can be. But anyway, let's, let's dive right into it. So what, what is PAX? Uh, so PAX is the Penny Arcade Expo. A lot of you might already be familiar with that convention. There's a couple of them. I think there's one in Boston. I think there used to be one in Texas. Uh, there might be one in Australia. I don't know if that's been discontinued. But anyway, the Penny Arcade Expo is primarily a video game convention. And since 2017, they've created PAX Unplugged, which is a tabletop-focused gaming convention. So things like role-playing games, card games, board games, miniatures, war games, all that kind of stuff, all wrapped in for a weekend of goodness it takes place usually the beginning of December, from what I can understand. This, this was my first one, but based on the research that I conducted, it, it seems to be used at the beginning of September. Uh, excuse me, usually at the beginning of December. And uh, yeah, it's been going on since 2017. It's annually in Philadelphia, and they had one year off. They took one year off in 2020 because of COVID, but otherwise, it's been uninterrupted. So yeah, that's that's a summary of the convention, kind of a quick overview. My stay in Philadelphia was really fun. I stayed in a hotel downtown, about a five-minute walk to the Pennsylvania Convention Center, which is where the convention took place. I rented a car. I chose to drive down to Philadelphia, which ended up being about a seven-hour drive. And I know some people think that's crazy, but you know, seven hours without the kids getting to listen to my favorite podcasts, I, I, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was actually kind of relaxing, kind of enjoyable. I mean, the, the last little bit of it got a little long and I got uh, stopped at, at the border too, actually. They did a secondary check on me. Obviously, they found nothing, because, but it was, you know, kind of nerve-wracking. Um, 
anyway, you guys probably don't want to hear about that. So yeah, so I drove down. Uh, the hotel cost me about 120 US dollars a night. And it also cost me about 25 US dollars a day to have the car parked at the hotel. So all in all, I stayed there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. And I left on Sunday, which was technically the last day of the con. So I missed uh, kind of the, the wrap up, if you will. But I... But paying for another night with the car and the and, and actually renting the car, I didn't talk about that cost, but it wasn't that bad. I think it was $300 Canadian for for the four days. Uh, unlimited mileage and that kind of thing. So anyway, yeah, it, it still ended up costing a pretty penny if you factored in the cost of the badge and the cost of food and, and all of that. I think it cost me about uh, 1500 Canadian dollars. I think it wraps up to about 1200 US dollars or something like that. So still, still an expensive weekend, but it was definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. I enjoyed the hotel that I stayed at. I enjoyed the location. I enjoyed the city. It was a beautiful city. So yeah, so that, that was kind of what I did. As far as logistics wise, I probably, you know, if you try to learn from, from my experience, I would probably consider staying in a similar place. So I presume that the next time this convention takes place, it's going to also be at the Pennsylvania Convention Center, which is in downtown Philadelphia. I wouldn't want to be more than five minutes, 10 minutes walking distance from there because you're basically spending your entire weekend there. Um, if I had to pick a hotel next time, I would stay at the Marriott, which was the hotel that was affiliated to the convention. And it was right beside the convention center. The reason I say I would have stayed there is because I believe they gave preferred rates for people who booked there. And also, by virtue of everybody booking there, it kind of was the social hub for anything going on after the convention. So meeting up with fellow creators and, and other writers and publishers and, and content creators and things like that. That was kind of the, the hub. So it would have been nice. I would have enjoyed staying there so that I spent most of my evenings there anyway, <laughs> in kind of like the, the lobby and at the, the hotel bar. It would have been nice to be able to just kind of stumble into the elevator and go to bed and not have to work my way back to my hotel. Thankfully, it was only five minutes away, like I said. But uh, yeah, that would be kind of my lesson learned is book the hotel much sooner so that you can get those preferred rates and book a hotel that's quasi-attached to the convention center. I don't think the Marriott was. I think it's just across the street. But, but you know, my point being, the closer you can be to the convention center, the better. All right, next section of the discussion is about safety and health and safety. So I, I wanted to talk about this because for me, going down to the convention was something that I was hesitant doing, mainly because of COVID. I know for the most part, you know, people are vaccinated now and, and it's, we're trying to keep it in the rearview mirror as much as possible. COVID is still very much a threat and it's still something that can cause people to get sick. I have two young children and despite them being vaccinated, I'm worried about their immune system not being as strong as mine and things like that. I'm not, a, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but anyway, I'll get off the soapbox, but I was a little bit worried about that. But what really helped me make this decision to go to the convention was finding out that PAX Unplugged has a lot of COVID requirements. So you, you 
need to be vaccinated to be able to attend and need to show proof of vaccination to be able to attend the convention. You also needed to wear a mask the entire time you were in the convention hall. So that was these were two things that made me feel really comfortable attending. There was also a lot of volunteers, a lot of enforcers, they're called, who helped run the, the convention and helped point you in the right direction if you were lost or if you were confused. So having them be ever present all over the place really also added to the safety and to the accessibility of the site for me. I was able to get my badge uh, through will call also because I was international, they would not ship me the badge. I had to go get it the night before the convention and that was a really smooth process as well. There was barely any lineup. I got the badge right away and bing bang boom, I was able to, you know, no problems to report there. So yeah, so there's that. Now let's talk a little bit about the convention center itself. And I hope I hope to those of you listening that this is kind of making sense, it's, it's logical, things like that. Uh, I hope I'm not going through a grocery list, but I tried my best to partition my thoughts into small little categories. Um, anyway, back to the convention center. So the convention center itself was massive. And I mean, maybe it's because I'm <laughs> I'm a Canadian and we don't have these big convention centers and where I'm from. But <laughs> but the convention center in Philadelphia was really, really big. It was three floors tall and spanned two downtown city blocks. It had all kinds of rooms and all kinds of theaters and all kinds of space for various events to take place. It was shared. There was a second convention going on for teachers, I believe, the same weekend which meant that certain parts of the convention center were blocked off and you had to go through security checks to get in to show your badge and, and you know look through your backpack and stuff like that. Every time you wanted to leave to go to the food court and come back. But, but anyway, that's besides the point. Um, yeah, the, the, I, I can't stress enough how massive this place was. The main expo hall was gigantic. I looked this up because I wanted to tell you the exact measurements and the expo hall is over half a million square feet in size. That's huge. Like it, 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 it just spanned forever. There were so many vendors and so many different places to explore free play zones and, and et cetera, et cetera. Like this expo hall was enormous. There were also, like I mentioned, several dozen theater rooms equipped with seating, uh, screens and projectors, balconies, microphones, the whole tech setup. Uh, it, I, it, hard for me to know if you know that was the convention or if that was the convention hall or what kind of combination of those things. But altogether, the Philadelphia Convention Center was really, really cool. And there was ample space to do everything I wanted to do in this convention. In fact, I couldn't even do it all because there was so much going on. Um, yeah, so that's that's enough about the convention center. Maybe one lesson learned is I probably should have looked up the floor plan ahead of time because once I got there, it was a little bit confusing to find out where to go, what to do, where things were, and I spent a little bit of time getting lost. I'm the kind of person who really likes to know my bearings and get, get everything figured out, so probably would have been smart for me to download i think there was a pax unplugged app that you could download for your phone i probably should have downloaded that first and maybe familiarized myself with the layout to get a better understanding of the space so that's maybe something that i'll have to do next time
All right, uh, let's move on to what I did. <laughs> what is there to do at this convention? And, and kind of like I alluded to earlier, there is so much to do. There's too much to do, in fact. There are all kinds of cool panels, all kinds of cool workshops, all kinds of cool things that you can participate in. And a lot of them overlap. So you kind of have to be choosy and pick the things that you're the most interested in. But look at me, I'm already getting into my opinion. <laughs> let's, let's go back and I'll list out the attractions that were there. So like I mentioned, there was the vendor hall. The vendor hall was part of the expo hall. It probably took up about half of that space. And there was 400, r roughly 400 different vendors. So there were booths. Some of them were small independent creators, you know, a team of one or two or three people who had a board game or a role-playing game or an adventure supplement or a module that they were selling or various versions of those things that they were selling. There were also all of the big tabletop RPG publishing companies there selling their products, you know, in the big fancy glossy hardcover copies of their books and things like that. There were some of the kind of in-between, not first-party publishers, but not independent creators, maybe third-party publishers is the, right, is the right term here to use. There were also a lot of board games. There were the board game giants that were there selling their newest and latest, you know, box games, board games, and things like that. There was also all kinds of accessory uh, vendors, people selling dice, people selling uh, wooden dice boxes and dice towers and the, the fancy gaming tables and all of that good stuff. So really, there's nothing to be left wanting in this expo hall. Everything there was cool. And every time I went to like weave my way through the expo hall, I discovered a vendor that I didn't realize was there the first time or the second time that I walked through it. So there's just it's just impossible for me to properly explain how massive and how many cool vendors there were there for you to purchase things from in addition to all of that cool stuff there was a game library section so there was a zone of the expo hall that was dedicated to playing board games and card games and and the like and you could go to the game library where they had hundreds upon hundreds if not thousands of different board games that you could borrow you could sit down and play board games give them your driver's license, I think, or a credit card. And then when you came back, they would give you back your, they'd give you back your driver's license or your credit card or whatever it was that you left to kind of, in exchange of a library card, if you will. There were people that could explain the games to you too. If you wanted to, you could ask for help. And it was a really, really, really cool way to learn new games or, or just play some of the games that you're familiar with that you really love. In addition to this, kind of beside the game library zone, there was a section kind of called like the new look or the, the sneak peek section where there was dozens, if not a hundred games. But I, I, honestly, there were so many things going on. It was kind of hard to keep track, but there was a lot of board games that were all set up, ready to play. And these were new board games or new, um, new war games or card games that hadn't made their way across the ocean yet maybe they were still in german some of them a lot of them were still in, in other languages and someone was there to explain the game to you and you could kind of get your first look at the game and play through it 
and have somebody kind of walk you through that. So that was really neat to kind of look at these these new games that were up and coming across the world and finding their way to the United States and to Canada. Uh, there's also a section in the in the expo hall for playtesting games. So some of the creators were there with their games and they were playtesting them. So you could give it a shot, give it a try, and and talk. <laughs> face-to-face with the person who created this game for the, for the most part. That was really neat. Uh, like I mentioned, there was a lot of war games and miniatures going on too at PAX. There was a section dedicated to miniature painting. You could go, it, I think it was sponsored by Games Workshop, and you'd go, you'd line up, wait your, ta- wait your turn, and eventually find your way into this space that was kind of cordoned off where they supplied you with a miniature, with paint, with brushes, with water, with a, uh, a wet palette, everything everything you needed and wanted to paint a miniature for free. It was, it was all for free. And you would just sit down and paint your miniature with, you know, the, if, you ha- if you had questions, there was an expert there, there were experts there who could help you and give you advice. And yeah, it was really, really cool. I painted myself... Um, Oh, and I forget what it's called, but it's one of those, <laughs> it's one of those uh, like celestial, celestial dudes in golden yellow armor uh, from the Age of Sigmar uh, Warhammer fantasy. But anyway, yeah, so you could do that. You could also sign yourself up. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I won't talk about registration yet. But yeah, there, there was the miniatures you could paint. You could go buy miniatures. There were different booths that were selling miniatures and things like that. There was also a section for war games. There were some tables with uh, terrain propped up and you know broke, fake little broken down buildings and people were playing uh, war games there. And then one of the things that I appreciated most, probably second to the vendor hall, was the, the panels. So there were a variety of different panels that you could just attend. You didn't have to sign up for them or anything. And these panels ranged from being in massive theaters that could accommodate hundreds and hundreds of people to small more personal sized you know kind of like a university class small university classroom and these panels were out of a variety of topics i went to most of the role-playing ones so there was there was one about how to raise money for charity there was one for running your first tabletop rpg there was also one there was also a few actual play games you could go listen to some big headliners uh, play games. I think Acquisitions Incorporated was there. I, I didn't attend any of these big evening shows, but you know there were these big hour to hour and a half long panels, or they were effectively shows that you could sit down and watch and and, part- and like be a part of the crowd and have a good time. Outside of these events, there were also events that you could register for. These things, for the most part, you had to register the morning of. So you'd wake up eight nine o'clock in the morning and then i think it was at 9 30 or 10 o'clock that day on the app you could register for a variety of events most of them that you know interested me and probably would interest you is they were um, games like dm run games or game master run games for various tabletop rpg systems there were dd adventure league games there were um there was an alien role-playing game, the One Ring role-playing game. There was a lot of seeding for the Tales of Zadia, the Dragon Prince role-playing game. So anyway, you could you could sign up for these games ahead of time, and you could be put in a group and, and run through a small scenario and get to learn a new system 
with a uh, game master just kind of free with your with your entry now i will say that these things filled up incredibly fast you know within the first two minutes of registration being open they filled up so if that's something that you know you think you'd want to do i highly encourage you to set an alarm make sure you're there open and refreshing the page and and plugging away i i tried to do that and i didn't get into anything so you know even despite my best efforts it was really hard for me to sign up for any of those uh, activities which was a shame not to be honest i kind of hope i kind of wished there were more next time i know there's certain limitations in terms of space and in terms of having volunteer game masters and things like that but uh, anyway that, that that's one thing to keep in mind you could also register for tournaments there was a variety of board games and card games that had tournaments with with prizes that you could win you know all all that good stuff so again if that's something that you'd like to do i encourage you to check it out and to register ahead of time i believe the tournaments the registration for that took place significantly earlier you know you know before the convention even started like weeks ahead of time personally i wouldn't want to sign up for a tournament like that because I feel like it would be eating away too much of my time at the convention hall and too much of the time going to panels and things like that. But if, if you really love a game and you want to kind of win a prize, I think, or, or kind of get the glory of winning a tournament there at some kind of big convention like this, that might be worth looking into. Uh, another thing that you could register for were mini miniature painting workshops. Again, these were things that you would sign up for the day, kind of the day of in the morning. And there was a wide variety of courses you could take, uh, some on wet blending, some on dry brushing, some on some much kind of basic paint theory and, and things like this. So various techniques that you can employ when you paint a miniature, they'd focus on that. And it, they provided you with paintbrushes, with paints, and with a figurine to paint and take home with you. Again, these things filled up so fast that I couldn't get in. <laughs> but it's it, 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 on premise... These are all really, really neat things that you can register for that are included in your price of admission. There were also a couple of uh, LARPs going on. I'm not too familiar with the LARP scene, but I believe there was a Vampire the Masquerade LARP going on on one of the evenings, and you could kind of sign up for that, and people were all cosplayed up and ready to go. So again, a lot going on, and I'm sure I didn't cover it all, but that for the most part covers what there was to see and do. When I was there, I spent most of my time, like I said, wandering the vendor hall, playing games, meeting up with friends who I've spoken to or had guest starred with on the show or on their show or played games with online. And it was really, really, really heartwarming for me. I, I can't, I, I, I don't think I could properly express this, but it was so nice and it made me feel so happy to get to meet some of these wonderful people who I've had the pleasure of knowing for a few years now, but in person and being able to hug them or give them a high five or, you know, joke around with in person was really, really cool. So yeah, so let's take this moment to shout out some of those fantastic people I, I, I just alluded to. So first and foremost, I wanted to shout out to David and Andy Tilstra from the From Afar podcast, Sean and Shannon from Paradise Productions, Nick from Scry Society, you know, that gang, I spend a lot of my time 
kind of riding their coattail or tail coach or coattails or anyway i spent a lot of my time hanging out with them this has been my first convention and these this fine crew of folks have been to a few in the past and they kind of taught me the ins and outs of navigating the chaos but fun of a convention and getting to spend most of my time at pax with david with andy with sean with shannon and with nick was a blessing i i had so much fun hanging out with them and playing games with them i also wanted to shout out gamer mom luna and jason from uh, Shadowmain. they really rallied us together Organ- luna organized an awesome dinner on thursday night before the convention and kind of set us all up to stay in close contact with one another and we kept kind of looping back and, and joining up as the weekend went along so thank you luna and jason for kind of being the organizing force behind that i also wanted to shout out jacob or duval king jacob on the internet uh, as he likes to say he was one of the people who convinced me to attend this convention and i don't think without uh, him telling me that you know attending one of these things on your own is totally worth it and totally fun and totally doable i don't think i would have done it so thank you jacob for pushing me give me that gentle push that i needed to kind of come to this you also killed it on all the panels you participated in. So congrats, man. Good job. Uh, one of these days, I hope to to be up there with you and talking about games with you at a panel at a con. I also had an awesome time meeting up with Rob and Bailey from the Hours Played podcast. I know it's not a tabletop RPG podcast, but they were one of the first guests, if not the first guests on Roleplay Chat, I think. And Rob and Bailey, we've, we've stayed in close contact since. And I spent most of the day Saturday hanging out with them playing some board games, uh, complaining about politics, <laughs> and going out for dinner. So it was really fun to get to spend the time, some time with Robin Bailey. Their podcast, Hours Played, is really fun. If you like cooperative games, uh, video games, and board games, you should go give it a listen. I also wanted to thank Waffles and Syrup from Waffles Maple Syrup. They hosted a killer 10 candles game. And apparently this is a tradition that they do every year at PAX. And I felt like I was part of like a special club getting to be one of the few people who got the privilege of playing. I am blessed to have been there. Thank you for hosting everybody at your Airbnb to play. And we stayed up into the wee hours of the night playing 10 candles, which is a fantastic and phenomenal role playing game. And last but not least, Star Shinobi and Stay on Your Couch were a blessing to talk to, a blessing to get to meet, and I only wish we had more time to hang out with at the con, but every time we circled back to one another, they were always fantastic company. So yeah, any of these folks are definitely worth your time checking out. Like I said, Dave and Andy from From Afar, Sean and Shannon from Paradise Productions, Nick from Scry Society, Gamer Mom Luna and Jason from Shadowmane, Jacob or Duval King Jacob and from the amphitheater and all the rest of his uh, various doings on the internet. Robin Bailey on Ours Played and Waffles and Syrup from Waffle Maple Syrup. They're all amazing folks. I'm gonna, If I get the time to link them up in the show notes, I definitely will. All their content is fantastic and I had a blessing of a time spending, uh, spending the weekend playing games with them. So yeah, last but not least, now that I'm done gushing about my friends, (laughs) let's talk about the cool things that I got when I was at PAX. So I bought all kinds of fun stuff. 
And uh, secretly, I didn't tell this to a whole lot of people, but this weekend was my birthday present to myself and the birthday present that my wife gave me. I, I turned, uh, actually, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I it was my birthday that weekend and it was so awesome for me to get to celebrate it with a bunch of people who I've been wanting to meet for a long time. I did miss you know, my family back home and my friends back home, but it was still a, a once in a lifetime experience that I wouldn't trade for anything. So, so yeah, so sorry, it was my birthday weekend, so I bought myself all kinds of cool stuff while I was there. I bought some WizKid plushies uh, for my kids. I bought the Tales of Zadia tabletop role-playing game book. It's uh, It was a beautiful hardcover book. It uses the Cortex system, which is a system I'm not actually familiar with, but I will be soon. And I love... Uh, Tales of Zadia, I, or not? I love the Dragon Prince, which is the the, the show that the Tales of Zadia role playing game is based off of. It's a Netflix special, if I'm not mistaken, and it's created by the folks who did the Avatar: The Last Airbender. So it's a really cool show. It's family friendly. It's funny, but it also covers some topics that I think, you know, are still kind of deep and dark and intense. So it, it does this really good marriage of these two things. And I love the world and the different characters in it. So I'm looking forward to playing a game or running a game in that world. I also bought um, a solo RPG called Dark Tides. It's a pirate RPG or kind of like a micro solo RPG. It's, it's quite small, but you take on the role of a crew and you pick a ship and you roll dice and you move the ship around on little handout maps that come with the game and i'm really looking forward to doing that on kind of like a rainy sunday afternoon also after playing in the 10 candles game i felt obligated to go and buy 10 candles because it's a, such a cool system it's very simple kind of one shot but also very you know horror themed very intense and a wonderful role-playing kind of exercise so yeah 10 candles by Stephen dewey definitely check that out if you get the chance and if you're into that kind of you know horror dark grim scary type of stuff i also bought a game called good strong hands by craig campbell and it's a kind of whimsy meets sinister fantasy role-playing game that I'm, that I'm excited to check out i also bought a game called wander home by uh, Jay Dragon. And this is kind of a very pastoral, light fantasy game. The world of grassy fields and geckos wearing suspenders. Kind of cute and whimsy and fun. So I'm looking forward to trying that. And yeah, and then I got a bunch of cool free stuff too. I met up with all kinds of cool creators who were kind of talking about their wares and had samples that you could take home so I'm looking forward to checking out some of those things, one shots and supplements and things like that. So yeah, that's that's kind of that was kind of my time at PAX. Those are the things I bought, those are the things I saw and did and the people that I spent time with. I guess if I were to kind of wrap it all up, I I did want to make sure I mentioned to folks listening that if you're on the fence about going to one of these things, 100% do it. It was so much fun. Do it and try to be a little bit more organized than I was. <laughs> I mean, th there's a certain blessing that came with me going on my own without really having much of an expectation because I kind of got to go where the wind took me and spend time with people and jump on opportunities as they arose. But I still think that some preparation 
could have been useful. Like I mentioned, downloading the app, knowing my way around, maybe picking and choosing a couple of panels ahead of time that you know I really wanted to attend would have been really neat. One thing that I did do that I think was a benefit of benefit to me was I reached out to a lot of people to see if they were attending, if they were going, and if they were, we could try to find a way to meet up. I think had I not done that, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to spend as much time with my friends as I had. So I think that that was definitely something that I would encourage you to do. You know, if you're considering going to one of these conventions, reach out to the people that you know, that you've interacted with in the community that you want to meet up with and say, hey, are you going to this con? When are you going? What days are you arriving? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Are there things that you're excited to see? Can I come with you? Things like that. That way you can kind of get the ball rolling ahead of time and prepare your schedule and your time in the weekend to, to carve time out to go meet and see those people. Another thing that I did that I think helped quite a bit and made it a lot of fun for me was I printed out a lot of business cards. I bought business cards. I prepared my own business cards and printed them out and brought those with me to the convention. And it was kind of this fun experience for me to, you know, as I'm wandering the expo hall and as I'm talking to the game designers about their games, I would trade business cards with them. And it was this fun, for, for me anyway, it was really fun because it was the first time I was kind of being Matt of Roleplay Chat in a very official capacity. I was there being the ambassador for my show, meeting up with you know potential new guests for the show and things like that. So that was really cool. It was really fun. You did have to kind of put the put the work hat on a little bit and and get out there and do it. But you know if you balance that out with playing games and grabbing beers with your friends, it all kind of feels like part of the fun. I think that covers everything I wanted to talk about. Um, if I didn't answer any of you, like if, if you had questions about packs or questions about going to a convention, please don't hesitate to let me know. And I'm, I'll happily either Twitter DM me or find me on discord. And, and if we have, if our schedules line up, I'd be happy to sit down on a, on a call on discord and talk to you about my experience there. But yeah, like I said, hopefully this answers most of your questions. I also hope it convinces you to at the very least look into finding a convention near you to kind of get a sense of a smaller scale, perhaps, but still get a sense of what one of these things is kind of like. And uh, yeah, and, and I hope to meet all of you at an upcoming convention. So yeah, with that, let's call it a chat. 